What a day, what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a very busy day. Thanks for joining us on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM in Las Vegas and where you can hear us all over the globe on the Raiders mobile app or on your laptop, wherever you're getting it, you can get the stream. Tell everybody about that. We have a national Raiders show, and that's pretty cool. Packers can't say that. The Jaguars can't say that. The Saints can't say that. We can, and we'd like to uh, get more people involved with this and get more listeners out there that want to hear Raiders content all day long and don't have it in their market, including Oakland and Los Angeles, two of the biggest Raider markets where you can go four or five days without hearing a peep of anything to do with the Raiders. They used to actually write articles in the newspaper in Oakland and in the Bay Area. Now you got to wait for Jerry McDonald every couple of days to write something. It is an abyss wasteland for the diehard Raider fans in the East Bay Oakland, the entire Bay Area, that fortunately can hear us, and they want to know more about that. So spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. As we're brought to you by Golden Entertainment, they own the Stratosphere. And if you haven't been to the Strat in a while, it'll blow you away. It really will. Uh, The whole lobby, everything that they put into that building is incredible. The iconic top, when you go to the top, there's so much entertainment restaurants, top of the world. You'll love it there. Go check that out. Also, they own Arizona Charlie's, which is fantastic for locals. And then all the BT's Tavern, 64 in the Valley, happy hour 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Half off drinks in a town where I always say they charge you $800 for a bottle of rum where it doesn't cost that much. You can go to BT's and get half off drinks from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. So interesting day today. Got my COVID test. Passed it, which is really fascinating when you think about that. It really is because I go out a lot. I I work during the week, so I don't go out at all during the week. I work Sunday night to Thursday night into Friday. So I go out Friday, Saturday night, but I'm in a stadium with 60,000 people. I go out to dinner with my wife. We go to concerts. We do things. So it's always interesting getting that COVID test and then sitting in the lobby waiting for something to go off on my phone. And then they say, you're clear. And then I go interview the head coach, which has changed, as you know, in the last couple of weeks. So earlier this morning, after going through protocol, I interviewed the head coach, Rich Basaccia. You will hear that tomorrow on the show and catch it Saturday on the Silver and Black show. And he's just Rich Basaccia. He comes in with the glasses. He takes them off. He's got some notes. And he just wants to talk about other people, which is really unique. He doesn't want to talk about himself. He's not that type of guy. And what he wants to do is just give credit to the coaches and everybody else. I can tell you, and you'll hear it tomorrow, taking away from this interview, he knows the Eagles rivalry better than all of us. He's a big part of it. He grew up a Giant fan, and he was with the Cowboys for a long period of time. He knows that rivalry in the Eagles very well. The Raiders have a rivalry with the Eagles. They played in Super Bowl XV. One of the great moments in Raiders history with Jim Plunkett and Rod Martin and beating Jaworski and what that game meant. So there is history between both of these teams. And then you have two, I think, of the top five most passionate fan bases, most vocal. 
So I think Green Bay could have the best fans along with the Raiders because Green Bay fans are just so nice, and they guy got a massive fan base from a very small market where Oakland and L.A. and Vegas big, and Philadelphia is a big market. These fan bases are very loud, and they're very critical. I'm an expert on that. I despise the Eagles. I hate everything about them. But I'm trying to get rid of the word hate, and I'm trying to just say dislike. And I know a lot about the history of the Eagles. And I think I know the Oakland fans as good as anybody because I interact with them for 23 years. And they are very hard on everything. Raider fans are very hard on the team when they don't win, which is fair. And they're hard on other teams. So you're bringing these two fan bases together in a brand new building where you can eat off the floor. What I mean by that, it's so high-end that if you drop something, you can pick it up and just keep moving because the place is spotless. And people like that in society. They come to Vegas, they want some things. You can go high-rolling or low-rolling. But when you're in Vegas, you want your hotel room to be clean. You want it to be nice. You want to have a view. You want to be able to get into restaurants. You want to be able to have a little bit of access. You want to be able to go from one place to another and know how to do that. So these Eagle fans are coming here, and this is going to be their only chance in maybe a decade to go to a game in Allegiant Stadium. And it's going to be an amazing experience because they're going to walk in and they're going to be looking up the whole time going, look at that torch. Look at that art. Oh, my God, look at that field. Look at that giant video scoreboard. Oh, look, the Grambling Marching Band is playing. That might be my biggest update today before I start the show. I met with one of my bosses over at the Raiders, and he said, we pulled it off. I go, what? He goes, we have the Grambling Band playing at halftime. Do you know how many people the Raiders have flown in who are performers who are going to perform for you? I mean, it might not be that. The the game's more important to you. I get it. But what Mark Davis and the Raiders are doing to bring in entertainment for this game is incredible. The Grambling Band is one of the most important bands ever to perform in the history of sports. So the Grambling State Tiger Marching Band, the fame band, will perform at halftime of this game. And it's going to be amazing to see. And they've provided unforgettable entertainment around the world at Super Bowls, presidential inaugurations, world-famous parades, movies, television commercials, and recordings. Quote, We're certainly grateful to the Raiders organization and Mark Davis for inviting the world-famed Tiger Marching Band to perform as the Raider game, at the Raider game this weekend. That comes from Grambling State President Rick Gallett, noting that the band has performed in more Super Bowls than any other band or entertainer. That's pretty special. So they got to house them, they got to put them up, they got to fly them out, they got to put them in hotels, feed them, and do all that. That's so you're going to have an experience at the game, which is different than others. And this is going to be really special here. So the halftime entertainment, the pregame, it's worth telling you about because it's going to be very important. So do us a favor and get in your seats if you can. Get, grab your cocktail, stay there to the end of the half, and then hurry up and, and get back to your seat to watch these young performers put on a show. I was really happy to hear about that today. And when I found out what it's going to take to move all those people out here in Vegas, this is no easy task. And Mark Davis has made it clear that he wants the best of the best in this town. Carlos Santana concert, Ludacris, Ice Cube. All the performers that are here, you know, Chris Angel, last home game, how wild was that to see him suspended in a straitjacket and get out of that? 
And I know you want to win the game. So do I. The game's more important. But it's pretty cool that this is going on. So the Eagle fans are going to see that for the first time. Uh, the one thing I brought up to Coach Passaccia about the Eagles' last game is that they played the fourth quarter so tough against the world champions that that's alarming to everybody. In their last game, which was a week ago Thursday, so they've had more time off from the Raiders, they outscored Tampa Bay in the fourth quarter. That's pretty impressive, and they made that a one-score game. So they took a game that could have been a blowout, and they played better than the world champs in the fourth quarter. Now, why is that? I think it's because they have no quit, and they're a very physical team, and they kept playing hard and hard and hard. They just couldn't move the ball. Jalen Hurts couldn't complete passes. They couldn't run it. They weren't dedicated to the run. And a lot of it had to do with Tampa Bay because I went back and watched it. Tampa Bay was very conservative in the fourth quarter. They were using clock. Brady was handed an awful lot. And he struggled on third down, and he couldn't stay on the field. So the last vision that I have of Philadelphia is the fourth quarter against Tampa Bay, which I was pretty impressed with. Look, everybody that I've been talking to you and you've been talking to has been saying the same thing. Either trap game, don't let what happened to Chicago happen with Philadelphia. We all agree that's the big storyline, right? Just don't, don't let what happened with the Bears happen with the Eagles coming in. I mean, the formula is exactly the same. Young quarterbacks who run before they throw. Large fan base buying up the tickets on the secondary market. And very physical teams. This one with, you know, Fletcher Cox up front. The other team had Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. Their defense can make plays. Jalen Hurts is going to be running the ball all day long. Pocket's going to break down. He's not going to look downfield. If he does, it'll be surprising because it'll be almost the first. What he does when the pocket breaks down is he runs. And as I said, the, the linebackers are going to have to play a great game. The linebackers are going to have to show up and really play a special game and tackle in space. And that still concerns me because the Raiders have a pretty good defense this year. They're ranked 14th overall. Do you know that the Philadelphia Eagles, their pass defense is ranked 5th overall in the league. So they don't give up a lot of passing yards. And Derek Carr is coming off a really big game. So, again, we put the game plan in. We talked about that this week. Now it's your time to jump on in and tell me what your concern is with this game. Because I hosted the show the week of the Chicago game, and it was sickening. Everybody who called in, and I'll take the blame for that, and it finally pissed me off by the end of the week, Thursday, Friday. Everybody was calling in, talking about how the Raiders were going to smash the Bears, and everyone was wrong. So that's on me. That will not happen on this show today or tomorrow, I can promise you. I want to talk about the severity of this game, the quality of the opponent, even though they're 2-4, and four, they're better than their record. I gave you an example with Tampa Bay. And what your concern is as a fan of how the Raiders can come out and play a very quick game right out of the gate, score, and get ahead on Philadelphia so everybody isn't a little bit tight. What happened in the Chicago game, the fans were tight, Raider fans that is, Bears fans were boozing, partying, taking selfies, screaming. We don't want that to happen with the Eagles. We don't want to see a 13-10 halftime Eagles leading. We don't want to see entering the fourth quarter, Eagles 17, Raiders 14. We want Raider fans to be loose and Raider fans to be loud, thinking that they're going to win the game because they're playing with the lead. So how do you do that? 702-365-9200. 
Let me know what you think about this game, what concerns you, what you think a key to the game is, because I like to include you. And I think that you know, many of you know more than me. You remind me of that. Let's see what you got to open up the show. 702-365-9200 is our number as we get going. We're able to reschedule. We have uh, Jim Donovan, who's going to join us, the voice of the Cleveland Browns. They play tonight. So he must dig my show because he wanted to come on. We're going to talk to him. Vic Tafer will go inside the Raiders from the Athletic. Uh, Vic is going to join us at 120. And this week we've had a couple of big interviews, nothing bigger than Seth Wickersham, who wrote the book on Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. He is doing a media tour, and today's my day. So he's going to join us at the top of the 1 o'clock hour, and I can't wait to get into that conversation with him. We got Jim Trotter is going to join us tomorrow, who's a fantastic reporter. Today at 1 o'clock, Seth Wickersham, senior writer for ESPN and the author of It's Better to Be Feared. And it's all about Brady and Belichick. And I have the book. I haven't read the whole thing. I read a chapter last night, and I want to get into that because I think it's one of the most important topics in all of football, the breakup of Brady and Belichick and how that played out and why that played out and how could that play out as we open up the show and begin it here. Uh, Talking about Derek Carr, let's jump in with Derek Carr and some of his comments. I thought Derek played an exceptional game. He was absolutely fantastic uh, in his press conference after the Gruden resignation, and I thought he was great at his press conference yesterday are completely locked in coming off a performance where guys were getting open deep he was making big plays and now as the captain he's got to get this team to handle the success of the win in Denver you know one thing my brother taught me when I was a young kid and something that coach Basaccia and coach Gus talk about all the time with us is really you're going to be praised and you're going to be criticized ignore both because neither matter and it's something that they preach every day. You know, today we had more corrections, you know, than, uh, than oh, yeah, good job on your win, you know. And it's easy after a win to look over some things. And Coach Basaccia is not going to do that, you know, just like Gru. Um, but for, for everybody, I mean, we did it in a team meeting setting where everyone got to see this isn't good enough. This is what you did in practice. This is what happened in the game. That's not going to cut it. And it opened your eyes that, every, you know, every rep matters, you know, and uh, especially for the young guys, you know, um, some of the older guys, they're like, I, obviously, you know, the guys that have been in the league a while, they're in the league for a while for a reason. They practice right and they play as hard as they can. It's not perfect, but they play as hard as they can, you know. And so the fact that he's pointing those things out hopefully will help us sustain it, you know, because Lord knows we need to. You know, Derek's in the absolute, I believe, beginning, the early beginning of the prime of his career. Because quarterbacks are playing successfully through 38, 39, 40. Uh, Derek's in the early prime of his career. He's got about seven, eight, nine more years of this. But he, he sounds fantastic. He's completely locked in. I mean, listen to these comments from yesterday about just winning. He can care less about the stats. He just wants the W. It's going to be vital to us doing what we want to do. You know, it's um, it's 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 hard enough uh you know, to gain yards in this league, let alone if you just stand in one spot and drop back and, you know, let guys know, hey, this is how we're going to have to do it. It's, it's not an easy way to do things, trust me. You know, it's uh, it's hard to do that in the NFL, just drop back every play and hear, you know, 
if that's what it takes to win, then that's what we have to do. You know, I've said that, you know, whatever it takes. You know, even the night before the game, uh, I told Josh, I was like, Josh, if we have to throw it 70 times or if we have to throw it five times, I don't care, we have to win this game, you know. And, and that's the mindset. But whenever we can do a balanced attack, you know, that helps play action, that helps me get out of the pocket, you know, those rushers don't know where I'm going to be at every play. You know, that, that, that helps um, not only the quarterback, but it helps the whole offense, you know. Um, and uh, they, they did some great things. Coach Cable, I won't get into the things and the details of what he was doing, but um, it, definitely, it definitely helped us. With the, we had a lot of play actions that were, that were good for us and uh, some screens that were good for us, me getting out of the pocket that was good for us, and that stems from the running game, you know. So uh, it was definitely huge for us, especially last week. Yeah, I wanted to get to the sound. I think it's really important about the maturity of Derek Carr, which we knew of, coming off a big game and how to keep everybody grounded because, as he tells you, this Eagles team's coming in, and they bring in a lot of challenges, especially on the defensive side, their secondary, the way they've been getting off the field on third down. This will be a tough test. Yeah, I mean, they're a good – well, it starts all up front with those guys. I mean, their, their defensive line is, is really good, really good football team. Um, linebackers very athletic, you know, so they can get in the passing windows. Um, they can all run. They, they hit anything moving, even their own guys, you know, I'm watching on film. They're, I mean, they're just blasting guys, you know, and they, they want to play that physical brand, run and hit football. Uh, and then the secondary, not just Darius, but, you know, playing against Nelson and playing against some of the other guys, um, the, the safeties, they can run. They, they can uh, – they have range in the back end. Um, you know, they, they're very aggressive uh, when it comes to trying to get the ball out and hitting, hitting the receivers to eliminate some – they've eliminated some big plays just on their aggressiveness, you know, just punching the ball out or making a big hit, things like that. Um, yeah, very impressive to watch. So we have to – for us, without obviously giving away details, like for us, we have to just play clean football. I mean, we can't, we can't go out here and let one thing lack here, one thing lack there. We have to be, you know, we have to be full go. We got to be ready to go from the jump. Because if we're not, they're going to punch us in the mouth because they, they got some really good talent on that side of the ball. All right, so we, we've covered off on Carr. I want to cover off on one more player. And maybe this will get you going and get you up to me and my energy today because I'm – I'm concerned about this game, and I was concerned about the Chicago game. So I want to make sure that the show is not a lot of fluff. We don't do fluff radio here. We don't have T-shirt cannons. We don't give everybody a hot, a hot cup of cocoa and a blanket before their phone call. It's a different show here. We try to talk about winning all the time here. It's not a comedy show. It's not an entertainment show. It's sports talk radio. I'll apologize in advance. I, I take this really seriously because I know what's at stake. I went through Josh Jacobs' numbers today, and they're not impressive. And I'm I'm starting to worry about Josh Jacobs and where he stands in this league and what's going on. Now, I know he's been banged up to start the season. He's the first-round pick, 24th overall of 2019. We're in 2021. Coming into this game, he is tied for 33rd in the NFL with 54 attempts. Again. We take injuries into that. And he's rushed for a total of 175 yards, which ranks 46th in the league. There's 32 teams. There's backups that are more productive than Josh Jacobs. Fact, not fiction. Now, the touchdowns are good. He's, he's got four. That's tied for seventh. His average yards per carry is 3.2. That cracks the top 50 at 49. He came into the league in 2019 
He played 13 games. He had 1,150 yards. It's fine. Last year in 15 games, he had 1,675 yards. I'm not blown away by these numbers, and this year he has 175. They've got to get this guy going. He's got to be more productive. He's got to be an elite player. Carr is. Waller is. Ruggs is having that year. Jacobs has got to be better, especially in this game. you got to run the ball against Philadelphia. Now, you can pass to set up the run, or you can run to set up the pass. You figure it out. We all have different opinions here. But Josh Jacobs has got to get going. Receiving, I think he's a better receiver, but he's only had 64 receptions in his third season. We need to see more than that, and he has zero, zero receiving touchdowns in his career. Zero, as we were led to believe that this was going to be something that was going to be his strength. So what do you want to do with Josh Jacobs? I think he's a great kid. I mean, he lived in his car. He's a Disney movie, supposedly in the making. He is. I love Josh Jacobs. My rant will not be taken out of context. But what I'm saying is, how do you get him going? What, what does he need to do to do what other running backs around this league are doing? He's not Derrick Henry. He's not Zeke Elliott. He's not. And he's supposed to be. He's got to get going. And I think this game is a really big one for him heading into the bye week. Because after the bye week, they play the Giants at MetLife. And that could be wet, cold, and he's going to have to run the ball. So I'm hoping Josh Jacobs gets going. And we could see this guy lead and take over games. Because we've been waiting a while for this to happen. 702-365-9200. Let's hear from everybody, especially in Vegas. Vegas, some days you get run over on this show by fans from out of the market. Let's get Vegas going today. I got $50 Grimaldi gift cards to give away only to people that can really move the needle. Like this guy in Oakland, West Oakland. Chris, start us off. Hi, JT. Funny, I'll hit with Josh Jacobs first. I'm gonna, I, I've been on record for two years, JT. How do you get him? He's not an elite back. He's never going to be. He doesn't have breakaway speed. And you don't need an elite back to win in the NFL. You need an elite quarterback. You need an effective back to run the football. I think what we saw last week, we can have a really good two-headed monster with Drake. And, and let me go back real quick about the receptions. That catch he made up the sideline on, on a go route, Kenyon Drake. That's not Josh Jacobs. He's not capable of that. He's a solid back with a career long of 32 yards. Less is more with him, JT. You can't, and again, I hate to keep saying I'm taking shots at Gruden. I'm not. Gruden was in love with Josh Jacobs and ran him like he was Earl Campbell. He's not Earl Campbell. He's not Derrick Henry. He's a really solid back, but you're holding your offense back if you make him the focal point. I'm not saying he sucks. And I'm not saying he can't be really good, but I do believe less of him and more of Drake, a two-headed monster, makes this offense better. And you pass to run in the NFL, not run to pass. There's a reason you took Derrick Henry away in a playoff game last year. Ryan Henry was, I mean, uh, Ryan Tannehill was clueless. So I don't need to see more of Josh Jacobs. I need to see him put in better positions where he can reutilize his, his talent. That being said, let me talk about Carr's leadership. He is the unequivocal 
face of this franchise now. And what you're seeing at 30 years old is a man that is in complete control of this offense and of himself. And I believe a weight's been lifted off his shoulders because now he's going to have even more responsibility. This week, I want to see them pass the run, take your shots down the field, and we're going to look back in January, JT, and realize I believe that Bear game was an aberration, 100% due to the the swirling drama going around Coach Gruden, and that's why they played so inept that game. Defensive side of the ball, I'm not with – yeah, the linebackers need to be good. I've taken my share of shots at this guy. This is a Jonathan Abram game. I don't know that the linebackers have the speed to spy and keep an eye on, on Jalen Hurts. Uh, Abram is not a great guy in coverage still, even though he had a pick. But this is right up his alley. You put him in the middle of the field and you tell him, Jalen Hurts is not going to beat us with his legs. We'll take care of the tight ends and the wide receivers. You take care of Jalen Hurts. If the pass rush doesn't get him and flush him out, you make sure he doesn't break off a 30-yard run on third and 14. So that being said, JT, my prediction, I'm not going total blowout. 31-21. I think they'll keep it close. I think the Raiders will have a couple of scores late to widen it. I believe we're going to see with Henry Ruggs, who's really starting to come into his own, have another big game. And I think I got a feeling the more the more Ruggs steps up, that's going to bring Waller back into the mix. This offense is just scratching the surface, JT. 31-21, silver and black. I will talk to you later, my friend. Thank you, Chris. Always a great call. When I see him on the board ready to go, I know I'm going to get something really good there. Yeah, that, that would be a good score. You know, that would be a nice score. I was thinking more 28-21 or 28-20. You know, I just have a respect for Philadelphia's grit and toughness, and I think it's going to be a tough game. For whatever reason, these games at the Legion are tough. And they're tough games. They're overtime games. They come down to the wire. It hasn't been easy. I'm talking about when I was there and you weren't there, even when the stadium was empty due to COVID the year before when they were 2-6 and six at home. You know, they, they've won overtime games this year that were very dramatic and very difficult. How about an easy game or at least a game where you know the Raiders are going to win with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter? I'd like to see that. And we'll jump right into that. 702-365-9200. We'll take your final score. I don't have a problem with that. I only have one more show coming up tomorrow. So if you got a good score for me and an analysis like that, let it fly. Remy Martin, the Remy Martin bar right in the back of the M, which is right there at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. That's where you'll find me for every Raiders road game. Get there two hours before kickoff for the pregame and stay with us after the game for the postgame for a drink, specials, and a great time. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Mayfield under center, Dearness Johnson, the lone back in the backfield. They're going to bootleg it out. Mayfield steps, he throws, Hodges open, caught it, and he dives to the pylon. Touchdown, Kaderil Hodge. His second one in consecutive games. Oh, that's a good voice. Uh, we're waiting on Jim Donovan. He's going to join us momentarily. He's the voice of the Browns, and the Browns have a big game. They're playing Denver, Raider Nation, and that's another opportunity for Cleveland to help out the Raiders or not. Maybe, you know, the Raiders at the end could be fighting with Cleveland for a wild card or however this plays out. So Jim's going to join us coming up here in a little bit. Game day with that game coming up. Also later on on the show, tomorrow, Lee Sterling will join us and we'll go through some of these games. Uh, For the gamblers who are out there, I'd like to know what's going on with this Raider game. 
uh, for the sharp gamblers out there. I think I know what your answer is going to be, but you know gambling better than I do. Why are the Raiders only a three-point favorite? What does that say about this game? You get three for playing at home. Vegas feels like it's a pick game. And this Philadelphia game has struggled mightily in a big way. I've been telling you about Five Iron Golf. I'll be there Saturday morning. They have an incredible offer for you, a free club fitting. In the fitting lab, a state-of-the-art custom golf club fitting service. Expert club fitters will help you find the right clubs for your swing and your budget. It's really helped my golf game. My scores are getting lower. I'm hitting golf balls inside, inside area 15 at Five Iron Golf. Tell them JT sent you and get a $400 service for free. Call now at Five Iron Golf. So Jim Donovan, longtime voice of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, What a career he's had, and it continues, and he's kind enough to join us on Raider Nation Radio. Jim, good to talk to you again. I want to start off with this Mayfield injury. When you saw the injury in real time, did you expect him to sit out and be out a while? Yeah, I really did, JT. I thought it looked pretty grim on Sunday uh, when it happened, and I was amazed that he came back into the game Sunday, considering the score at the time. You know, it seemed as though the game had kind of gotten away from them, and I knew he was in a great deal of pain, and he fought off, really, all the medical staff to get in that tent and get out of the tent. They couldn't find him, and the next thing, he's back out on the field. But that's the way he's wired. But then immediately after the game, I mean, he's in a sling. And um, as the week went on, I think that, you know, his verbiage was, hey, listen, I want to play. It's an important game. And, uh, but I think reality sunk in. The organization got together with him uh, and physicians and doctors, both his doctor and their doctors, and they said, listen, there's, there's too much swelling in that shoulder. Let's look to the Steelers a week from Sunday, and hopefully we can get that a little bit better and you can be more comfortable, and we're going to go with Case Keenum. Yeah, that's a good move, Jim. What do you think about the process that he wants to play so badly and the organization has to protect him there? I mean, that's what you want to see in your quarterback to get out there and play at all costs. I would assume if this was a playoff game or something like that, he'd find a way to get on the field. Oh, I think so, JT. I really do. Um, this, you know, He has started 51 in a row here, and he comes out and tells us that this is the first time he's missed a game since back in his first year when he was playing at Texas Tech. Now, this is Texas Tech, not even Oklahoma. Uh, when, he, when he tweaked his knee and he went out with an injury and he kind of lost his job, and then that ended up uh, sending him off to Norman and to, to Oklahoma. Um, you know, he relishes this, and he truly is into being the leader of this football team. And he also realizes they've dropped two in a row, and this is a very, very important game for them coming up. They needed to kind of get back into it because all of a sudden – the division, the AFC North, is kind of pulling away from them. And uh, he'd do anything to go out there and play. Um, he's a big part of the culture change here. Mm-hmm. And he's very, very you know, firm in that commitment that if, if it's close, as far as your health, you should play. And so that's the way he is. Jim Donovan, voice of the Browns. You know, the loss to the Chiefs to start off the regular season was a great game where the Browns could have won. Then three in a row – and then the loss at the Chargers, same thing. I thought that was a game. If the defense held the Chargers late, they win that one. And then you play the best team in football, the Cardinals, the only undefeated team. What's the season feel like, Jim? It's the haves and have-nots, this three-game winning streak, and now two really tough losses against two of the best teams in football. You know, J.T., I would say there, there's been like three things I think you have to take a look at. 
And before you do, you go in with all of the optimism and all of the high praise for them, and deservedly so. They were 11-5 and five last year, and they, they really are flashy coming in, and they did a lot of great things in the offseason. But as it's unfolded now, number one is they have really been hit with injuries. And I know everybody's hurt now in the NFL, but they have really been hit with injuries, uh, you know, up and down the roster and definitely on offense. They've been you know, hurt on their offensive line. The, the big tandem of Chubb and Hunt are both out. They're hurt. We're waiting to see if OBJ and Landry are going to be able to play. Landry's been out the last four games, uh, and now Mayfield, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, so the injuries have been a big factor. Number two is that the Browns put a ton of money and draft capital into their defense to rebuild that in the offseason and get it set to match their offense coming into the year. And they had two great games against Chicago and Minnesota, but they've had two really bad games where they've been exposed in the secondary, uh, albeit by you know great teams uh, with great quarterbacks in the Chargers and, and what happened here last Sunday against the Cardinals. But that defense is going to have to play better and that and more consistent. And there are just uncovered big plays. JT, they've given up 84 points in the last two games. And then the third thing is the thing that's a bit troubling about the Browns because it's the next step that they need to take. And it's the game that you talked about in Kansas City. They led for 53 minutes and the game got a little chaotic at one point and they weren't able to right the ship and get back on on track and win the game. And the same thing happened out in L.A. against the Chargers. They're in control for a long period of time in that game. And then, you know, you know, Justin Herbert gets hot, and they get a bit unsettled, and they cannot rid themselves of that bad three or four minutes and win that game. Overall, is a bit troubling that when they play really good teams, can they finish the game when they control the game for such long periods of time? Jim Donovan is our guest, the voice of the Cleveland Browns. This is a big game. I'm in Vegas, as you know, and the Raiders just beat the Broncos, and they were explosive. Carr had a monster day, and they attacked deep downfield, and they contained Teddy Bridgewater. What an opportunity for the Browns here to win this game because you get that mini bye week, Jim. That's what I wanted to talk about, the the downside of playing on Thursday. If you lose, you got to sit there and sit through the loss and wait to the following Sunday. But if you win that game, this is a team, as you said, with the injuries that could really take advantage of the rest. Amen. I mean, they really do. They need it. So they need the game, obviously, you know, to get going once again. This is the first time, JT, though it's not a long history yet, that Kevin Stefanski, uh, the reigning NFL coach of the year, has lost two in a row. Uh, and the Browns are at that position right now, and he wants no part of three losses in a row. So it's a big game there. And as I said, you know, before they want to, you know, stay in touch in that division. They haven't played a division game yet. They will next week when they play the Steelers. So, it, you know, they can start taking care of business inside the division once they start playing in it in the division. But you don't want to put yourself too far behind before you get there. But the rest to get healthy is really the primary thing that they need to get some of these players back. The two starting tackles, the two, you know, at least Nick Chubb because Kareem Hunt's going to be out a while and some of the other players that are going to miss significant amounts of time hopefully they can get them closer to the finish line of rehab and get them back out onto the field jim as a broadcaster i've followed your career for a while i wanted to ask you being born in boston and you graduated from boston university was that your dream to be a boston broadcaster with those teams there and how'd you find your journey out to cleveland what's the backstory there Uh 
Oh, absolutely. I have to tell you, because when I grew up there, uh, JT, they had all of those great, charismatic play-by-play announcers there. Johnny Motes with the Celtics, uh, Fred Cusick calling the Boston Bruins, Kurt Gowdy was calling the Boston Red Sox uh, when I was a kid growing up. Uh, the great Gil Santos was calling the, the uh, New England Patriots football game. So, I mean, you had great mentors. And, yeah, my goal was to work, I'll be very honest with you, to work at WBZ Radio in Boston and, and be the voice of, of one of those teams. And as a kid, my dad got season tickets to the Boston Bruins games, and I used to take my tape recorder to the Boston Garden in Section 77, Row F, Seat 13 right on the aisle, with Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito, oh. Jerry Cheevers in goal, and I would call the games into my tape recorder and send those cassette tapes out to all of those guys in Boston to ask some advice. So uh, it was always my dream. So when you got to Cleveland, what was that dream like, knowing the history of the Browns and Jim Brown, who I know very well, and you know the great history of that franchise? And I know you did a little baseball play-by-play in the past, and the sports there, it's a rich sports town. Yeah, it really is. You know, when I got to Cleveland, JT, the, the television station that I that I still work for was owned by NBC, and I got a break. Uh, w- you know, what you really need in this business, as you well know, and uh, the station had the preseason rights to the Cleveland Browns, and so they offered me the opportunity to do the play-by-play of the Browns. You know, in the exhibition in the preseason, which was a, an incredible break, and then uh, you know it was a path to get me to NBC Sports, and I did some regional games for about 10 years, uh, which was a great experience, and I learned with all the greats on that NBC roster. When the Browns left and went to Baltimore, obviously everything changed in Cleveland because we were going to get a team in a period of three years, and it opened up the position uh, of the radio broadcaster, and one that I really wanted. I always really wanted to be the voice of the team. I mean, I love doing the games, the regional games on NBC, but you were, you know, JT, you were just kind of dropping into town on a Friday and trying to learn both rosters. Uh, you weren't as connected as you were all week long covering the Browns and then uh, not being able to be at their game. So to become the voice of the Browns was, uh, you know, it, it's something that uh, I never take for granted. It's, it's a great job with a historic franchise and a truly passionate fan base. Yeah, you've been doing this a while, and you've done it at such a high level. We're talking to Jim Donovan, the voice of the Browns. So how much of a commitment is it to do TV and then get out on the road and travel and come back and have the commitments for TV and all that? Uh, Is that something you really thrive on and enjoy doing, or what's the next stage in your career? What do you want to do on the way up? Because you're still going up, but, you know, take a look at the finish line somewhere along down the road. Yeah, I I just – I really – I just thoroughly love this job, and I – and I enjoy doing their games, and I hope I do them for a long period of time. It was kind of a tough sell here at home, JT. We're playing on Christmas Day <laughs> in Green Bay this year, so it's a tough sell to the family. But, you know, you pay your dues, and, and that's part of the deal. Um, I just I, I would love to be in the broadcast booth. Mm-hmm. This is my dream now. And call the Cleveland Browns in a Super Bowl uh, just to be there, and hopefully at the end of it, you know, calling them winning a Super Bowl because it would be a great, great time here in Cleveland. I think it's going to happen for you at some point down the road. Thanks a lot for doing this, Jim, especially on a busy day and uh, coming on with us. Appreciate it. You got it, JT. Nice talking to you. Great talking to you. Jim Donovan, voice of the Browns, on a day where they're playing. 
Baker Mayfield has the injuries. Hey, Raider Nation, here's one thing. Uh, this is the time you want to play it. If the Browns were on the Raiders' schedule this week and not later in the year, you'd be thrilled. Everyone would be like, oh, my God. We get Cleveland with no Baker Mayfield, this case Keenum. Their running backs are out. They got all those injuries. Look, injuries happen. And the Raiders are getting Philadelphia and the Giants back-to-back with a bye week in between. Really big storyline of what's happening here for the Raiders, and they can't blow it. You know, the, the Bears game sticks with me. There's, there's a level of concern for the way that they didn't play. Now, conspiracy theorists are saying, well, with the Gruden emails that started off on that Friday, what was happening, what did the players know on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they didn't play well. We're never going to change that. That's going to be a conspiracy theory that lasts around this place for a long time. But they put that behind them, and they really look well. When they played in Denver, they put all three phases of the game together, and they didn't play well in all any of the phases of the game. I, I don't think. I mean, I could break down special teams and look back at it with the Chicago game. But offense, defense, they just laid an egg. They had nothing, and it was at home. So I don't think we're going to see that again. And I'm not going to blame it or give a coach too much credit for it. These are the players. This is on the players to play great with everything on the line, especially at home. I've talked to Max Crosby about it on and off the air. You know, I know the guys who come out of that tunnel ready to play. Derek Carr comes out laser, laser focused when the game starts. He's always ready. Carr's not starting off slow because he's not mentally ready to play. They're all ready to play. It's the game plan. Do the long, deep passes work against Philly the way they looked against Denver? It worked phenomenally against Denver. Will Philadelphia let that happen? Or will the pass rush get there a half a second quicker than Denver's did so Carr doesn't have the ability to wait for rugs to get open? We don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Busy day. I know in this town there's a lot of Dodger fans. The Dodgers are on the brink. It looks like the Astros and the Braves are going to play in the World Series unless something unique happens there. Uh, Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, we spoke to Howard Eskin on that yesterday. He skipped the practice today over tightness in his back. I'm sorry I don't believe that. And news coming up, which which we'll get into, on Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson ends up in Miami, that's not good news for the Raiders. That's an AFC team in conference, and he's a hell of a player. And reports are coming from the best, John McClain, that this deal could be happening by the end of the week. And what would Miami have to give up to make that trade? Uh, you know, would it be three first-rounders as the price dropped? It's probably two first-rounders. And Miami's season's over. You know, they lost to the Raiders in overtime. Their season's over. So is that why that deal's coming together so quickly, if it does, by the end of the week? We'll see how that plays out. 702-365-9200. We just heard from Chris in West Oakland like a half hour ago, waiting for other people to understand the gravity of this game. Let's get going. Top of the hour, big interview for me. Seth Wickersham, who wrote the Brady Belichick book, which is a bestseller. He's going to join us. And Vic Tafer, next hour, Raiders insider. And Vic's got a lot to say. And we hope you have something to say. We're the flagship of the Raiders. Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Grimaldi's. Best pizza I've ever had. Yeah, like I said, after the game, I thought we ran the ball a little bit better and, and um, we had a little bit more maybe downhill runs. And I and, uh, thought Coach Cabe and, and um, his crew, Austin and Cam, I thought they did a really good job. Gave our guys some confidence. We came off the ball, I thought, with better pad level. 
um, and then got our hands in better places. And so it, it's a work in progress still. Rich Passaccia, as he gives credit to Tom Cable and the other coaches. JT, back with you. Thanks for joining us. As we continue on Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m., uh, Zach Withersham is going to join us at the top of the hour. His new book is new bestseller. Uh, happy that we could fit him in today. Also, Vic Tafer will join us at 1.20. Reminding you, if you need money quick, BillsHappen.com. Extra cash, go to BillsHappen.com. Are your credit cards maxed out? Do you have bad credit? Some people do. It's not the end of the world. You can turn it around. You can get up to 5000 cash as early as tomorrow. Go to BillsHappen.com happen.com for rich passaccia it's been about you know having this team ready to play that's what he did was he was a coach in special teams and he still is a special teams coach he keeps a close eye on everything happening with this team everything that's going on with this team he has now a very close eye on it especially what he's doing with his coaches the meetings and i'm not in these meetings but talking to him today the way he brings up what his coaches are doing and how he's leaning on them, which is the term that he uses, you know, that's refreshing. He, he understands that he needs these other coaches to step up. He's got three former head coaches in Gus Bradley, Rod Marinelli. He's got with Tom Cable, a former head coach, as the staff was built. And there was a breakthrough in last weekend's game in Denver but he wants to move on from it and get ready for Philadelphia. Here's the coach. Yeah, like I said, after the game, I thought we ran the ball a little bit better and, and um, we had a little bit more maybe downhill runs. And, and uh, I thought Coach Cabe and, and um, his crew, Austin and Cam, I thought they did a really good job. Gave our guys some confidence. We came off the ball, I thought, with better pad level um, and then got our hands in better places. And so it, it's a work in progress still. Yeah, that's really important what he said. Hand placement. Lincoln Kennedy talks about that often with Leatherwood, where his hands are and how he's got to get his hands right. And Coach Passaccia has been hearing all of this about the potential for a letdown. There was a letdown in some fashion against the Chicago Bears, and he won't let that happen again as the Eagles are in town. You know, emotions are, are part of all of us. Emotions are part of the game. Emotions are part of our practice, and, and uh, emotions are a humanistic quality. So am I concerned? No, I think we all have to decide how we're going to respond to everything that happens in our lives, whether it's um, something that happened before, something that's going to happen later, or something that's getting ready to happen right now. How we respond to everything really is just kind of how we forge our identity. Well, there's a lot of news in Philadelphia. None of it has to do with the Eagles this week. It's all about Ben Simmons. And Eagle Center Jason Kelsey has some advice for Ben Simmons. Just play better, man. As you got football players talking about basketball before they get on a plane coming out here. Big hour coming up here Thursday on Raider Nation Radio. Jump on in. Brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Taco.